Welcome back to another episode of Nerds of the Rounds, guys. Your host, Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. And your boy, Tone, from across the hall. And we're going to be talking about Mando episode five today. But before before we get into the first episode, quick announcements. So first up, first announcement is that don't forget to tune into new episodes every Friday of Nerds Around. This week, we're actually going to be talking to the crew behind Geeks Out Snug Harbor. Um, sneaks, well, now Geeks Out Staten Island. Also, too, on Saturdays, don't forget to tune into the Medusa's podcast, the Medusa's Cascade podcast. Every Saturday, new episodes, episode five just dropped this weekend. Make sure you guys um, tune in, follow, like, subscribe, let us know what you guys have been thinking about the DD podcast that has been put out by Embion. Finally, also check out the new series by Law that was just lit. Tales, go ahead, Law. And tell us, tell us about Tales by Law, please. <laughs> Yo, Toad's face. Um, bro i am so it is a, it is live it is it is uh, it is new, new and old, i am tired if you're talking about the podcast new, oh, old, new old podcast uh season two finally wrapped up with the nerds of the round uh the last two episodes of season two uh dropped not this past sunday the sunday uh prior and it's already been getting lots of listens and people seem to have been enjoying it. I am working on a new guest list for season three, which should start recording sometime in 2021. Like I'm thinking end of January. So be on the lookout for that. And I am now Twitch streaming every Monday and Thursday from 5 to 8 p.m. About 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, and I will drop in some like random like fun like oh yeah i'm gonna just pop in a stream on like sunday or saturday so be on the lookout for like my surprise streams there you go okay, congratulations nice. on the launch of the twitch he's all over the world it, yo yo looking at my schedule i'm tired looking at it like all my nights are just recording recording more recording and recording and recording yeah well well we don't want to keep our guests in the background for too long in the waiting room um again you're going to get to see our guests also in this episode is in this Friday's episode where we talk to Geeks Out Snug Harbor. Yeah, I am off. Geeks Out Staten me. Island. Oh my goodness, you there are you all go. over the place, yeah. my man. Um, so let's. <laughs> you wanna you wanna transfer? Coffee. Yo, you wanna transfer like, like duties today? Like what's no, going it's, on? It's all good. It's all good. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend. What's up, Cheyenne? <laughs> there we go. See, look, Cheyenne's she, she dying right now. She's just <laughs> laughing. <laughs> oh. Listen, listen, we're we're all still. We're still all stuck on that Thanksgiving turkey. That's it. Still, still, still got the itis for the. So, you know, we're eating like fifty different oh, leftovers man. of Thanksgiving turkey. Yeah, I'm still so tired of the fridge. <laughs> I still have ham. We got a fifteen-pound ham from Walmart, and there's only four of us. And out of the four of us, only two of us ate ham. So, <laughs> I think we still have ham too. Oh man, I bought a burrito because I just couldn't. I started hissing at the Thanksgiving leftovers. Like I opened the fridge, I just say, and then just like close <laughs> it's a certain point. Like after day like four or five, you're just like, yo, like I can't I do this I can, anymore. I, can, I don't know, man. I can keep eating arroz con gandules and ham like all the time. So that's that, that's valid. That's you know, valid. and like uh, 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 Jackie makes this amazing. A fucking sweet uh, potato casserole. That's stop just it. Like... stop it, stop it, stop it. You know, before stop we get it. into the food, Yo. because you're gonna, you're gonna, gonna make things mad. from last year, and I'm still sad. I'm so sad. Tony, we need you to give our guests 
the warning for tonight's episode of recap uh, of Mandalorian yes, episode yes, 5. Yes, we are discussing chapter 13, The Jedi, and all spoilers are allowed, a.k.a. Tony Stark has died. There you go. Yeah, so you've no, been warned. Like, so let's let the savagery begin. So let's open up with the fact that, oh my God, she commanded the screen when we opened up in that scene. How did you guys feel about Rosario Dawson, Ahsoka uh, Tano? Let me first start <laughs> by saying the costume department. <laughs> like, yes, I was so yeah. like, it, it wasn't that. I didn't believe that the costume department couldn't do it, but it was one of those things where I was like, yo, like there's gotta be a lot of detail, like attention to detail on her character because there's so many moving parts and ways that uh, she moves, uh, how her character design, how things flow. I was like, it has to work well. And oh man, it was so good. So, so good. Because you have moments like, and I've seen it, you know, across you know multiple like uh, other you know franchises and series where you know me and my buddies would watch and be like, oh, why did they mess up this detail? Like, da, da, da. like you could have just asked cosplayers to do it, and that's like that's usually contestants. Like, you guys could have asked us, like we would have did a better job. They really looked at this and was like, we're not gonna let you down, and I was so here for it. Yeah, uh, you know, just giving it up to to Dave Filoni, who's just like so into making sure all the Star Wars stuff is accurate and making sure that the character of Ahsoka Tano was done perfectly in the makeup. It was just perfect, perfect. Uh, but this was it was actually there was actually something that happened. So I know we've always been talking about how the Mandalorian is its own thing and there's no Skywalkers and there's no force and there's no lightsabers. But like having that lightsaber moment, you know, in I don't know, 13, where like the past 12 episodes, we haven't had any sort of lightsaber action. It was like one of those things where it was like, this felt good. It felt like like a like a treat at the end, kind of like in Rogue One when Darth Vader comes out and just fucking goes ham and you're just like, <gasps> like clutching the pearls. Cause I remember yeah. I clutched the pearls in the theater when I saw that scene. Yeah. So when she comes out with the two white lightsabers and just doing her thing, it was just like, the show needed it. It was good. I know it's not going to take over the show, but it was just nice. A that, night to have. that was the big thing. Yeah. Like, they didn't allow it to like fully encapsulate the entire show and take away from it still being the Mando. You know, Cheyenne, what, what was your take? You saw her take and command the screen right there in the very beginning of this episode. So first off, I've been following Rosario Dawson for a while. And the fact that she kept saying, make me a Soka Tano. I want to be Ahsoka when the time comes. And I said, you know what? If she's commanding it and her being as great of an actress as she is, I said, I need to see how this is going to look. And boy, oh boy, I was internally squealing, especially because you have her literally stealthing and just sneaking up on people in the fog and just going like that. Yo, on and yo, that and sneaking up. Yes. Honestly, the so it was, it was vanished. So Good. And to talk about like with tone as far as Darth Vader appearing in Rogue One, honestly, I'm let's just say five year old me wanted to be Darth Vader for Halloween and not a princess. So me seeing (laughs) that in Rogue One, I was just like, I was that weirdo just doing like. I was the same way. You weren't the weirdo. You were. You were. You were the same way. I remember I went into my my boys were like, "Yo, wait to the end." I was like, "What do you mean? Like the credits?" They were like, "Just." just wait to the end and I'm watching with my friend and he just pops up and I just go like, 
I'm like just going nuts. I couldn't I couldn't contain myself. And then I told my wife about feel, it. And she's like, like I, you just have like these moments, like these nerdgasm moments. I'm like, I do. I do. They're very intense and only a so, few people can understand what they are. And that was one of them. So I understand this moment perfectly more now because like I, I, as you're describing, I'm like, Oh, that's what I must have looked like when we watched the My Hero movie. Yes, and the yes, whole and the yes, whole time, yes, Tone, yep, Tone was like, yep. wait for it. And I'm like, now, Tone? And he's like, no, wait for it. And I'm like, now, Tone? And he's like, nah. Like, you'll know it when you see it. I'm like, you'll, know, you'll just know. You'll just <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. Like, yo, the hype was out of this world. Yeah. So before we dive into more in this episode, I want to give a shout out to the fact that we had Diane Lee and Sonato as Morgan El- Elizabeth. She is also the goddaughter of Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. We have Michael Bean of also, Terminator and Aliens um fame. Let's not let's not excuse the fact she's that also she's a, she's also the the mom of um Oh man, uh, he was Rocky in the last um, Three Ninjas movie. He was okay. uh, he yeah. was Rocky in the last Three Ninjas movie, and he was the young Red Turbo Ranger, if I'm not mistaken. But but I think it was under the radar. A lot of people didn't know that she was um, Bruce Lee's goddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also a well-known stunt actress. Plus, also, too, big shout-out to Dave Filoni directing this episode. He's known for directing Clone Wars, Resistance, Rebels. But he also directed nine episodes of Avatar, which I want to lead into. I got this feeling that everything was okay in Ba Se when I was watching this episode. <laughs> that was a big shout-out for that. But it, it, it shows, again, that how do you guys feel with every plant that we've gotten to see, all the environments that have been designed we've been through a snow environment a desert environment now we had this type of deadwood type of forest environment how did you guys feel about this environment and how did you feel it played into Asaka Tano actually ne- just taking people out in the forest so, bop, bop, bop. how was it for you guys perfect dude the- it was everything yeah, like, yeah, just seeing the the diversity of environments. I think the Mandalorian has just been doing it, has been doing it so well, and just just kind of just just playing it up. Just the diff- there's so there's so many planets in the outer rim and the regular systems that we just don't get to see and we just get to read about. And so just having just like a landscape here or there um, is fun because we're used. The only swamp that we really can recognize is Dagobah. So now we have a different a different a different place. Um, that's kind of like a swampland, wasteland sort of type of thing. And then I like that uh, Ahsoka was kind of using her environment to to take down her enemies, which is very like non Jedi esque, and which I liked. I like that she's she's going against the grain. And I think you know, I think after she fought Anakin as 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 Darth Vader and Rebels and all that other stuff, she kind of becomes j- jaded and all that jazz. So like just seeing her as a different type of Jedi or Jedi warrior. Um, really kind of solidify that and i like i like seeing it because they're kind of taking up with the times you know they're not just like this grand grand order ah yes i heard about the mm-hmm. samurai film callbacks you were saying that thank that is our buddy sean acevedo make sure you check out him check him out on g is for geek yeah i will i will say like the with the scene when um when uh, ahsoka is fighting uh the magistrate i wasn't thinking old japanese movies i immediately thought of kill bill of the bride versus Oren Ishii. And I was like, yo, this gives me such vibes of that of that scene. 
How'd you feel about that, Sharon? Gotta get you in. He took the words right out of my mouth <laughs> because my dad was saying that one of his friends said that they don't watch Star Wars, but they would watch The Mandalorian because it reminded them of a Western. So kind of seeing Michael Dean and Mando having that standoff was kind of like that. I guess I got to see what they meant by the Western moment, but back to Ahsoka and the Magistrate, that screamed that scene where the bride and Oren were about to fight in that um, in that garden. And it's crazy because it was in like this garden, serene kind of area where they are fighting. So that feel that I got from her, and especially because we got to see Ahsoka in the Clone Wars and seeing her grow up until that point, it's like seeing that contrast in the way how she handles a battle. It's the whole energy and the vibe is completely different, which I actually enjoyed. Law, well, I need you to weigh in, brother. But there. So, all right. Look at look at every fight that we've seen so far, and also take into context the stylized way, like they make the differences of fighting styles between each race of people or or, or each like uh, discipline. Let's say, so we have Mandos who fight very almost like a. A frontline fighter, like they're they're very uh, bounty. They're are bounty hunters. They have tools, weapons, like the whole sh- the whole kit. They are the kit, you know. Whereas a Jedi is them, their swords, their wit, and like the Force. Two completely different styles. Then you have like uh, the enemies that they fought, and you found a whole like array of like what the enemies look like. So this whole like like seeing Mando with Ahsoka like together fighting, I was here for it. I was so here for it because it's such a dope, like complimentary style, and you don't even realize it until you see it. You know what I mean? Where you're looking at them, how they fight, and it's one of those things where you're like, "This is the fight we would have got had we gotten a longer Boba fight in the original th- trilogy." Oh yeah, like we we would have no. probably gotten like this level of like choreography, yeah. If if we you know, and it's it's something where we're like, oh, that's crazy because you when you look at a Mando, you see like a very clunky, not very quick on their feet and quick to move. You know, everything is uh, a precise movement, but it's not a quick and fluid movement. Whereas you see, I'll t- I'll put it in D and D terms, it is a fighter versus a monk. Well, like, I want to touch you know, up on something. Good. I want to touch up on something because someone said that the lightsabers. How did you? I have a theory about the white lightsabers and her saying that she's no longer a Jedi, right? And this is just a theory of something about reading back a while back ago. Was that? Do you think that this is the beginning of them trying to introduce gr- the gray Jedi, who is like you know not a Sith but not a Jedi, kind of in the middle? Want that so badly. Understand? No. I want it so badly, but. I do have to research because, if I'm not mistaken, in the later arcs of um, Rebels, her lightsabers were white as well. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah, they are. They're 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 so. Did she start (laughs) off with white lightsabers? No, she started off with either like the blue or green, still dual wielding lightsabers. Right, but then her holding is actually different in comparison to Clone Wars. Like her fighting style actually changed because with the way how she would actually hold the lightsabers would be in the opposite of gripping. 
not mm. how it's more straightforward. Hers was more the lightsabers were towards the back. So mm. yeah, it, so it looked like that. they paid attention to those details because when she was fighting, it almost looked like she kept a lot of the fundamentals of her fighting style and her her, her skill and like what she learned as a Jedi, but she like kind of had to like have that resolve to like understand that like it's not what it used to be and she started like slowly giving up some of those things to kind of find her own way and her own path and i was like oh because i've only seen enough of like clips from rebels and clips from you know certain things to get a sense that like even even just on screen like had i had no other context other than the mando like i would get the sense that she's a character that when you look at other Jedi's and how they fight, that style, even Anakin being her being her mentor makes sense of how her fighting style is. But then seeing Anakin turn to Darth Vader, why her why she would try to distance herself from that style, you know, and try to find more of a way that uh suits her. Well, I want to get into the Anakin thing about her, but I want to touch up on this with Tone, because um, being the dad of the group, how did you feel about the dad moments, Tone? Let's look at these dad moments Are with we going to do dad moments every time? <laughs> well, well, Listen, this wait, one was... Before, before we get into dad moments, like, does anyone else get the sense of gray Jedi? Because I got that almost no, throughout, almost, almost throughout the entire uh, episode. I but I'm not sure if they're really going to do it. Like, if they do it, they're going to really have to double down. And I think if they did it, Ahsoka would be the perfect candidate for it. I think, you know, I wouldn't say, like, full-on gray. Like, she's, like, considered a neutral Jedi or anything because that, you know, that kind of puts a picture that you're kind of, like, in the middle and you're, like, a true neutral. And I, I don't right. think she's, like, a true neutral. Right. I would say, though, that the idea of starting or restarting the Jedi Order is past. She's past that. Like even you get that from the dialogue that she said where she told Mando to take him to the different temple because she's over that now. And she's kind of just taking care of herself, taking care of the people that she can take care of uh, and pretty much trying to get to, you know, to Thrawn, which we find out at the end of that episode. Oh, damn. You gave the um, spoiler away. <laughs> you know, you know, Tony Stark died. So, Tony you know, Stark we're here. Died, like, uh, so, but, you know, I, so I would say like, you know, versus um like from the expanded universe like the the quintessential gray jedi was always considered was like kyle katarin from the jedi knight series um who reluctantly came and became a jedi and went to luke's academy and all this other stuff but he was like textbook gray jedi where i don't think um ahsoka's really kind of going that line i think it's just like she's just not part of the the order the or the order you know like she's not does not that's not her journey you know, I think Luke kind of took that journey and then he failed at it because of what happened with uh, with Ben. But, you know, I think it was kind of it kind of fell onto Luke to kind of revamp the um, the Jedi Order. And at this point, you know, Luke has been um, you know, Luke is Luke is there. Luke is technically there. And Darth Vader has been, you know, defeated and stuff. So. But yeah. Oh, I'm still here. Yeah, I know, I'm just yeah. I'm just listening, um, just trying to take it in because the feeling that I got from Ahsoka was more. She's definitely not neutral, because mm. if she were more of a neutral, there would have been certain aspects of her that I guess would have been more portrayed. If that makes sense. So with just knowing what happened to her, especially towards the last season of the Clone Wars, she had to leave, mm. basically, because it was either she stays 
and she's going to have to deal with now Anakin who's gone to the dark side. The fact that the Jedi Order was going after her. So it's kind of like she basically got to see the thing that she was kind of raised and indoctrinated in practically betray her for the most part. So you can think about it even on a philosophical or religious aspect. The thing that kind of nurtured you was the thing that ends up biting you on like kind of like stabbing you in the back and you start to lose that faith. So even with the dialogue, you kind of see it's just like, no, I can't teach this child. So you can kind of feel that she still has some type of resentment, anger, and some type of regret, especially with what happened to Anakin. So with her talking about Grogu being, you know, like him being with you, like, you know, he sees you as a father figure, but it doesn't help that he still feels fearful. He has anger in him. So that kind of hints that there's a possibility with him going to, let's just say, the Jedi Temple. What would that look like? Because now if you have Yoda on these pillars where this is a place where this is a Jedi Order, what used to be the Jedi Order, he might easily be susceptible to either side, either the Jedi side or the dark side, because the influence is just about everywhere. And you already see what happens when you have that anger or you have that fear, what that does to people with the Force. Yeah. Yes, yep, Jedi PTSD. <laughs> I mean, I, it, to me, it shows that when she, um, I, I, it showed a callback for me when with Anakin Skywalker and her because when she looked at the relationship between the um, baby Yoda and uh, Mando, she, she was like, yeah, he, he knows fear and he has an attachment to you. It, it kind of was a callback for me to think about Anakin and Padme's relationship because they were like, you know, they kept telling Anakin, you have to get rid of your attachments. And he refused to, and that was part of his reason for taking on the dark side. But um, I really want to get into these three dad moments that I saw because I, I really wanted to get away in on this tone. I really do. Please, please. I, I love these moments because it was the first one when they're in the ship, when Nando's coming to land, and then you see the little ball on the the the, the dashboard, yeah. and he's looking, he's like, no. And he's like, dude, I told you no. Go send it back. <clears throat> and then he comes out the ship, and then he has the, uh, the ball. He's like, dude, I told you no. And then when he was happy, when he took the ball, it was like, it was like a happy dad. Like, yeah, that's it. That's right. How do you feel about those moments? I mean, I love it. it's definitely, it's definitely true. Like, you know, the, the reluctancy of, of taking something away or not listening, but then having it in your back pocket and realizing, all right, this is, this is the currency of the day. So if I need him to do anything, anything, this is what I'm going to use. So like, I knew, I knew the minute the rock wasn't working, he's going to go get the, you know, essentially the shifter handle because that's what i keep thinking it looks like a like a shifter in, in a car um mm -hmm. and then you know i really liked when like he got like he was like really like all amped up you know like yeah let's go like you know like let's go sport like good job champ <laughs> great job buddy like you know all those like cheesy those cheesy lines but i mean you know it wasn't like i, I again I, you know and I, I think i've now said this three episodes in a row at this point my favorite one is him eating the eggs and him telling him yo like <laughs> what did i tell you like yeah. To me, that's that's but, just quintessential what you're dealing with on a daily basis versus like the really high and fun moments. Like obviously those are there and those are great and you get those levels, but it's usually a number of I told you not to do something. Uh, but yeah, we got a question here. But are we gonna talk about this kid's name? Like, no, you we know? are. But let's let's <laughs> go, let's save that for after this one because we got a question from the crowd. Um, do you think they will introduce the Inquisitors like the future Knights of Ren? What do you guys think? I, that was something else I also considered. Um, I forgot when it came up in conversation, but it was something where I was like, yo, like, would this lead to the Knights of Ren? Even though we had a bad, like, 
um, conclusion for them, this would be a good origin for them, given that this takes place with enough time for that like seed to be planted, you know? Yeah, I, I, I always, I always find weird, and I think, you know, I, and I think the new Star Wars movies kind of just did this to them, to themselves. Is that like in between the movies, you've got all these users of lightsabers and the Force, and then you get back to the main timeline, and then they're all like gone. You know, like Kylo Ren is the only one with a lightsaber in the new movies. So like we've got, um. You know, we've got the, we've got the, we've got these movies in between, trying to figure like what happened. Like, I like the Inquisitors. I like that they added the Inquisitors in Rebels, and maybe seeing them kind of like be fleshed out and seeing them. And then they're in the game, uh, Fallen Order, that came out this year. But then, like, what happens after after that? Like, like what happened to all these users? These 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 lightsaber users? These these learned? You know, you know what happened to them? And why is it that the First Order only has Kylo Ren? And I think I think just Star Wars in general kind of just backs itself into that corner a couple times when we fleshed out these stories in between the movies and it's kind of like, okay, but what about all these other folks? Um, you know, I think the Knights of the Ren are just a, a bit of a, you know, bit of leftovers from that because I'd love to learn more about them, but, you know, what, you know, they didn't really, unfortunately, they didn't do much with them until, like, the last movie. And then even then, they were just red shirts. Yeah, they were just there. And honestly, I was, look I was actually looking forward to seeing the Knights of Ren the most because of the fact that Kylo Ren being part of the Knights of Ren, only for them to just walk in, like basically look like a clique, walking around looking so badass. And I'm just like, were well, you gonna do something or not? And then for it to be just used in that one moment with Kylo Ren, I was just like, are you kidding me? This is all you're gonna do with them? There's so much that they could have done. And I guess a part of me was disappointed in that, especially because I wanted to know more. Because for me, there's only so much I know about the Knights of Ren. So for me, like I thought this that would have been a pretty good opportunity, especially if you're gonna delve into Kylo Ren being one of the knights. What does that look like with him kind of shifting from being, you know, Luke's student to entering that that dark side in that kind of environment? But also, yes, I do wish that they actually mentioned the Inquisitors, like what happens to them? Because you see them in Rebels and you kind mm -hmm. of see how some of them were getting taken out, being betrayed, being disposed of. But you already know that the dark side doesn't just have a small handful of inquisitors, especially when you have Palpatine running, you know, running the show in the background. There's not, there has to right. be something else going on. So it's like start, like the franchise somehow self-sabotages themselves when they introduce these characters, they bring them up. They show like this cool skill set, this complex you know, thought process, you have that loyalty to their, to their Sith Lord, but then at the same time, you have their own agendas. So it's, it makes you wonder what happens because it can't just be Kylo. Like with the Jedis, you knew that there were some left. You knew that some of them were in hiding. Eventually they all died, but what happened? And that's kind of like that, why is it always that what happened question that keeps popping up with these renditions or adaptations for this franchise? And this is, a continuity, unfortunately. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, and you know, it's like we we know we're gonna get, we're eventually gonna get books that take place after Episode Nine, mm -hmm. and so like, what's gonna happen? And you know, whenever they, whenever if they decide to do, I don't think they're gonna do ten, eleven, and twelve. But if they decide to do stuff in the future, like what's gonna happen? And like, how are they gonna bring this up? Because now it's kind of fallen into 
uh, Ray to kind of carry on this this legacy. And then where's everyone? Are we going to bring in like Broom Force Kid from the second book from the second movie? <laughs> you know, and I, no, and I'm not even trying to like be a, a, a dick about it because I do rag on that movie all the time. But like they essentially showed a random person having the force because the force will find a way. Right. And then like, you know, what does that mean? You know, after after episode nine. But I think you know, I think- we're, we're moving past the. The forty-five yeah. minutes the, the of, of let's, Mando. <laughs> let's go into um this like you, and you mentioned earlier. We want to talk about his name, so let's talk about Baby Yoda's name, and also let's talk about the fact that he survived Luke Skywalker, no Anakin Skywalker's babysitting. <laughs> let's just talk about how the fact that Grogu will not be a thing, and Baby Yoda <laughs> is exactly what it's always gonna be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was it was cool. It, so they they introduced the name. And I was like, it's cool that you think that this is gonna matter. Like no one is no <laughs> one's gonna care. Like uh like I think I saw the um I also had to like listen to it. They're like, what the fuck did she say? What was his name? She's like Grogu. I'm like, Grogu? What? You see that Bart Simpson when he throws the cake and it was like it says like at least you uh thanks for trying or something like that, and he just throws the cake in the garbage. Yeah. That's what their name what that's what his name was. Like, you tried. It's cool. It's gonna be a thing. Like, listen, listen. When next, when the when next year's toy catalog comes out, because it's all about the Mandalorian this year. Because I've gotten all these toy catalogs. It all say the child. If they still say the child next year, that shit didn't stand. <laughs> mm-hmm. if, if it's just the child and Mandalorian, then no. Grogu was just a thing to give him some a little bit of backstory and right. to connect him to uh, the Jedi the Jedi Temple. And what happened to Coruscant? Like that's literally. And I find it, it, it so funny that she said that she was he was one of the children that was there, and I was like, oh shit, that would actually track because of his age. Because we see like we see him as like this this baby essentially, but he's fifty. Like he's yeah. old enough that he would have been there. I'm maybe not plot hole wise, but like. Like we understand, like there's more Jedi's after you know the events that happen, but like trying to figure out like what happened to him, you know, like how how like who just takes a kid and go and bounces, like like yeah. where do you, like where do you come from, you know? I just feel like there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of this fifty years of like who of mystery that we need to unta- that we eventually will untangle. Um, I do think it's a bit of a cop out to be like he was there on Coruscant and survived Anakin Skywalker's genocide. I'm like, like, you know, like Star Wars. Like you, you telling me we waited until 2019 to get a a, a a third species of Yoda and Yaddle was given like no fucking chance to shine. I just think it was a bit of a a bit of a cop out to be like he was there. Um, like in that specific he universe, he could he could have been alive. That's fine. You got to hit just... the, the Pepperidge Farm. He remembers. He remembers when Anakin slaughtered the younglings. Pepperidge Farms remembers. <laughs> you know, I, I, just, I just think that aspect of it, of him being there in the temple on Coruscant during Order 66 is a bit of a, a, bit of a cop-out. Unless, like, there's, like, they just they decide to give us 50 years of history of how he went from Coruscant to wherever the hell he was. Last year, Wait, what, what do you feel about that, Cheyenne? Him surviving Anakin Skywalker's babysitting and his name being Grogu. <laughs> I already said bold of them to assume that they're going to have Grogu stick. 
So that was the first thought that came to mind. Bold of you to assume. I said, watch. I'm, I have to keep saying Rogu to remember, but I'm just going to be like, that's Baby Yoda. I'm sorry. I've been whipped into shape to call this child Baby Yoda. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, For the fact that, because they already talked about, you know, I already, I'm already about to say it, Baby Yoda, Grogu, trying, <laughs> that he's been around for 50 years. So you're, you're saying Clone Wars, Anakin's babysitting, the infamous babysitting. Just have like that moment of silence. He's a kid killer. Um, and then it's kind of like, okay, Ahsoka already talked about how there were memories that were blank, but it was just black for a certain period of time. It, Yeah, I feel like it's a cop-out because it's like, okay, we want to know what he saw, what this little child saw in between those events, because that's 50 years. Ahsoka was around, technically. She was around when all the stuff that was conspiring for the most part, even though she may not have been physically there, it's just still location and timeline. It's like, okay, so what was going on prior, during, especially after, especially the key point is after, because there's so many holes, so many questions. And are we going to get that at, once they go to the Jedi temple? And that's just that big question. Are we going to get that? Well, there's a lot of... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, with my gut feeling, because I'm a little bit of a pessimist in some cases, I'm with a que- I'm on a question mark because I feel like they're going to probably drag it out to bring up the story, or they might just say, you know, he just doesn't remember. He has amnesia. He's not going to say anything. He's not receptive. I don't know. I feel like there's a bigger plan when it comes to it because, especially with the reveal of who uh, Sokotano was looking for which mm-hmm. was um, General Admiral um, Thrawn. And I feel with them mentioning that the child has years that he doesn't remember, um, Grogu, I feel like it's going to lend more to the story because um, I feel like we got a lot of interwining stories because, first of all, we have, um, what's the face, the, the leader of the Mandalorians who's looking for the Black oh, Saber. Um, yeah, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Yeah. We have now Ahsoka Tano, who also was with Bo-Katan before in Rebels and mm. um, Clone Wars. She fought, they fought side by side together. Um, Thrawn, who was a major villain in the, that series, who I think is probably like who you're, you Rebels. said it perfectly. Like you said, like they have all these like connecting storylines and like these emerging storylines. But then Shannon also brought up the good point where like there are storylines that like get half finished like you you're so close you just need to do this and they're just like nah we're gonna leave it open-ended and it's just like no then why why invest the time why invest the the time in doing it i don't think that they're either making it open they're either setting up for either one see how fans react to are we going to make this as a spin-off property to um get people interested of like you know okay this child is pretty powerful he but, survived uh, Anakin's babysitting, but who erased his memories? And even also, going too, back um, to Rebels, it, it would it would be like answering a question with another question. But I didn't, but that's the thing. I think what they're doing is that they're just trying to build this whole bigger story because Mando, let's be honest, is kind of holding the Star Wars universe on its back right now. We also have the introduction of Bad Batch and the Boba Fett series that's supposed to come out. Um, and then we can't forget the the simple fact. And yes, um, I will put this up here. Hold on, and it is not working on my mouse. Thank you. Yeah, spin off galore. I really think they're trying to set up a lot with the whole thing here. 
Um, but it's like the the question is who's going to answer the call when he brings Grogu to the temple? What exactly. Jedi? And there's already been theories of what Jedi's may answer the call. Um, there's one from the Knights of Republic games because you can see they're pulling stuff from games too that have come out. So there's like all this stuff that's going on right now um, with Mandalorian. And so it's like, where are they going with this season? And I mean, we have what three episodes left for the season. If um, and I don't think, I don't really think we're going to get any sort of closure. And, you know, and I think like spin off galore is a bit of a bit. I don't, I don't know. They're really going to do that. I think they're just kind of going to use the Mandalorian as like this focal point of converging a lot of these characters that didn't get a lot of major screen time and bringing them up into like the live action, you know, universe and kind of just doing something with them. Cause we know we're going to get another set of seasons, another set of two, like three, two more seasons, at least mm-hmm. of Mandalorian. Um, like I don't see us doing like a spinoff of, you know, of Thrawn or a spinoff of Ahsoka or like, you know, like some of these folks are just not going to do them and like to, to, you know, or, I think just using the Mandalorian as your main character, keeping him with the child to kind of bring everything together, to have that reason why everyone's coming after the Mandalorian is the child, and then just kind of bringing everyone else along. Like, I won't be surprised next season or two, they get Ezra in this in this thing. Like, we're eventually probably going to see Ezra. You know, like, or that's the Jedi that's at the temple. I don't know. You know, but I, you know, or, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see Ezra sometime yeah. down the line within this within this live action universe. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either because when you mentioned Thrawn, if you remember what happened with Rebels, he was the one that pretty much disappeared with Thrawn on that ship. So the fact that they went into space with, you know, kind of like that tentacles all over the place, kind of just, they don't really confirm that he died. So, and that's just that thing. It's just like, you know, like, Listen, as we're the gone, fact that is he gone? Once we got Palpatine coming back in episode nine. All bets were off. I don't believe anybody's <laughs> fucking dead anymore. I don't give yeah. two. And... Wait, what? Get out of here. Oh, yeah. No, we know definitely Obi-Wan is coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. For yeah, sure. starts with well, Obi-Wan like, saving but him. To be, but to be fair, like, it's like, yo, like, Palpatine was alive. Boba Fett's back. Like, all bets are off. Everyone... Death means nothing in Star Wars. No, death means absolutely nothing. But no, I, I, it just means you're I... on the shelf for, like, five years. But I like this question. What if it starts with Obi Wan saving him? Um, um, do you mean by Grogu? Because um, I think that would be a tough start because he wasn't there when the younglings were being killed. Yeah. It would have to be a totally different Jedi or someone who was there to to set them up. Because we know Ahsoka was pre warned by Maul of Order sixty six. That's why she went into hiding. What other Jedi's through this universe had survived? It, it yeah, I don't. I don't think it would be Obi Wan. I think yeah, it would be a different Jedi it's set up. Probably going to be someone, someone we never heard of, because that's just too big of a, of a and, thing. Well, like they said, it was there was a there was a what was it? Um, the the Jedi I was trying to refer to who they did the game, the um, Knights of the Old Republic or something like was one of the recent um, Star Wars no, you mean games. Fall, he, uh, fall, Fallen Order. Yeah, Fallen Order. He pretty much he went into hiding. He was hiding his powers, and they said he was one of those who survived from it. So I mean, they're saying that this could be the person that actually might have helped save Grogu. Um, we don't know. On uh, he could possibly be the one who's going to answer the call. We won't know until like the next episode. But I want to get into the Beskar spear, which uh, oh, is before, all... before we go, Cheyenne. Do you trying? I know we. I don't know if you're trying, I, I so... you were trying to chime in. I had yeah. a weird thought bubble. So, and the thing is, my dad, my dad is into Star Wars also, and he and I tend to talk about this stuff. 
So he was thinking, well, there's a possibility that Mace Windu might pop up only due to the fact that Boba Fett's in there. He's the one that killed his father. And you can't, like, you just have that moment of, you already know that he got blasted out of the window with one, you know, with his hand cut off and um, was a revenge of the Sith. Um, Jedis often tend to survive from extremely high heights. They tend to survive. And there's really not much said. So there's a high possibility that he might be, I don't know, old, but a doozy that he might appear at the Jedi there, Temple. There, there was a, I would be there, here for it. Because... They were they're even rumoring him to be Snoke in the in in the sequel, uh, because of uh of his powers being so closely like he's like a sneeze from being one of the darker Jedi's, you know. Oh, um uh, Windu. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. But I, I just think like if they did that for Windu, and I would love to see Samuel Jackson, especially like a jaded, old, rugged Samuel Jackson. You oh know, my like, god, I'm here like, for you it. You know, like <laughs> You know, like a, like a, like a, stuff I didn't know I needed. You know, like a use the force, motherfucker. Like you know, like, (laughs) like that's what you want. You know, I'm here for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the 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 one of the one of the things that I I, you know, and I have a soft spot for episode three. It's one of my favorites out of the out of the prequel trilogy. Is that like, oh, Mace Windu is touted as like one of the best fighters in uh, of the Jedi Masters, and then for him to just be put out like just struck Gosh. with lightning and just washed was like yo so serious he, he's um, literally like one of the most powerful jedi yeah and he doesn't take on apprentices because like his power is that great it would change most like people yeah like you know like there are you certain know? things like you know like you know there's a reason why like uh, Obi-Wan was able to beat Grievous the way he did even though the fight still sucked it's because Obi- Obi-Wan is the best defensive duelist like they say that hands down, he's the best one, and that's why he was right. also able to kick Anakin's ass because he had the high ground. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, like, <laughs> but like you guys raise a good point because uh, I was gonna say before Cheyenne, like, uh, like I don't see an apprentice or like not a fully fledged master Jedi taking the child um, as like their apprentice. Like it just uh, doesn't seem, you know. Like something that would that would work, um, and then when you mentioned Mace Windu, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, if the kid has some sense of that's that side that can lead to the dark side and all this other shit that uh, Ahsoka was saying, it could very well be Mace. Like, Mace would be a good fit for that narrative like point of just like, yeah, like you use that side of the force for the power that it wields without letting it take over you. And we know Disney loves Sam, Samuel Jackson. He did a bunch of stuff for them at Marvel, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yo, we'll sign you on to another Mar- hit. They're going to cut him the check. And the last set of, next set of Marvel movies are all just prequels or set in a, set in a, in a situation where we're not going to see uh, Fury Nicholas J, you know? <laughs> um, Mace... Mace Fury. That's what we're gonna get. You know, <laughs> I would, I would, I would be here for it if we if, I, they did bring some, if they did bring him back. That's actually a really like I never considered that until you two brought it up, and now I'm like, yeah. Yo, I, I, considering I, I, like five I minutes ago, think, we literally just said like nobody in Star Wars really dies. That's yeah. Actually, I would brilliant. say I just think it's it's hard for them, you know, not to have the Mando with Baby Yoda. So it would be one of those things of like maybe is mace a reoccurring character or something like i just i just don't see them like him leaving baby yoda to fucking train 
and we follow the Mandalorian. <laughs> hey, I guess you're hey, what's, up, hey, what's going on, Dick? You know, so, so I, I would say I, I would say that's it. I mean, I want to see I want to see like a training montage because everyone's always up for a training montage with some eighties music. You know, you know, like ready to go. Apollo Creed is there. <laughs> this is true. They do become part of the force. Ray did hear all of their voices when she rose. So up. wait, um, <laughs> well, because this does take place before the prequels. Or it be- does take before, no, it before takes, the before the sequels. sequels. You know what I mean. Yes. It takes place before that. Yeah. So there is enough time that um, Mace, Ahsoka, all these characters can pop up and then. Somehow miraculously die because of the first order or whatever the case. We know is. Ahsoka dies because we hear her voice. Right, but we hear, Ray. but we hear Mace too. No. Yeah. Yes. He's been, he was yes. in. So like, yeah. It's a possibility. My other thing too is like, yes, the child is forced into like, what what is the significance to the greater story of Jedi aside from I the think- fact that he's force sensitive. I think they're trying to build a whole different thing for the Jedi, a whole different path that doesn't tie into the current to the to the last trilogy we had. Because I think they're trying to open oh, up no, a different I, path to the I universe. Get, I get it. And I'm totally like I'm here for it, but I'm like, to what end does it like serve any like narrative purpose? Because we have essentially Luke's, you know, training school kind of thing. Uh we have talks of where Leia is is now learning how to use the force, the whole shebang. But anything between episode six and about now, like, uh, like, like what, like, where does that go? Where does like, where, what do you do with that story piece of like, we're going to introduce Jedi's that don't really have any real bearing on story. But that's the thing. I think what they're trying to do is get away from the whole Skywalker trilogy, the whole Skywalker thing. Because mm-hmm. if you notice, most of the movies have only dealt with the Skywalkers. The show really mostly deal outside the Skywalker. So I think they're trying to set up where we can literally do more Star Wars, like maybe movies and everything, but just away from the Skywalkers. The um no, I haven't played Fallen Order. Have any of you played Fallen Order? Uh, I just started. It. I know they've referenced because it's on Game Pass. Oh right, so I just started. Yeah, I was going to because it was on Game Pass, but like <laughs> someone equated it to Dark Souls, and I was like, I'm not here for that you know kind what? of. Approach, you know what? I, I, it is, it is. It's uh, nope. uh so you know, quick, quick aside. Um, <laughs> it, it, it does, it does, but it's not as bad as Dark Souls. So it does the thing where if you fight something and it kills you, you lose like all of your experience and shit. Um, however, if you go and you hit the thing, you get your experience back. And if it just, but if it kills you continuously, um, you won't like lose it forever where dark souls is like, or at least bloodborne when I played bloodborne was if you, you have all your souls, you get killed by some random ass dude, because that's how that shit is. And then you don't get it back. If you die again, you lose it forever, uh, with fallen order. Um, it sticks to it. I mean, I'm playing on the second to hardest difficulty and it's still doing that. Um, so it's there, but I, I I'm digging it. It's cool. Well, I mean, I was I was fighting this you, frog thing, and it was fucking my life up. You have to have a certain level of like, I don't care about my feelings. I don't. I don't like. <laughs> I played Ninja Gaiden, I, I, and so Ninja Gaiden kind of got me ready for that. But I like, can't do the Dark Souls because it's just it's too so, frustrating. Like I like I know I know people who like 
play Dark Souls. They've played multiple times with Dark Souls. I know we're getting to a, a brief tangent. And I'm like, at what point did you just wake up one morning and go, you know what? I don't really, I no, don't really you know care what, about myself me, enough. No, no, anymore. you know what it is. You know <laughs> like, what it is. The thing about Dark Souls and yeah, about, you got, you and about those, uh, that one. about those games too is that it's all pattern based. So like you get to a point where like you know the pattern and you can just fuck up that person, that enemy's life, right? Because you know the pattern. <laughs> oh, we know those. <laughs> Yo, games, oh, so yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Have you have you played? I can, com- as his roommate, I can hundred percent confirm this. Diane, have you played Fallen Order? <laughs> No, that's actually one on my list. I was actually thinking about, I don't know if you guys remember the game, but it was a Star Wars game that came out like a decade ago called um, The Force Unleashed. Yes. I was thinking about we're, that. We're, like, we're bringing this up. Yeah, yeah, Dark Souls makes me become another person. I just, I dissociate when I play that game. So You have to dissociate. Like, no, no. you, like... The, the Force minute, Unleashed the minute was, you, uh... The minute you emotionally invest while playing Dark Souls... <clears throat> everything's getting broken. Like you're destroying your console, you're destroying the TV, you're destroying the controller. It's just a bad time all around. Unless Absolutely. you're, uh, unless you are like just emotionally numb, then yeah. you know maybe. So listen so before I, I, before we before we do the, the one thing the one no just really one thing about about the Force Unleashed. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember it. the The best part in that movie and that game is the first thing you do in in Force Unleashed one when you play as Vader and you go to Kashyyyk and you just fucking yeet all the Wookies and it's amazing. <laughs> best part. I don't really care about the Apprentice. But if I can get a game where I'm Vader and I'm eating things, I'm here for it. I would would love to see if they keep or they bring back uh, the Apprentice, um, and that's why that's why they bring back these other Jedi. Like bring bring back Starkiller, bring bring back Starkiller, and bring back this like rogue faction group of Jedi that aren't with and aren't associated with Luke. Well, that's what they're doing is this is like because I noticed like in the episode with um Gideon Moff, the last episode that we saw the dark troopers that was in the game and mm. that was pretty dope that we got to see that. So it looks like they are bringing a lot of stuff in the games. That's why there's these rumors they're pulling stuff from games. But I want to talk about this Beskar spear before we run out of time and how it's already setting up for the showdown with Mando and got and Darth and um um. Gideon Moth, yeah, uh, Moth Gideon. Um, since he has the dark saber, and we already saw that the Beskar spear was used um, against Osaka Katano, who was able to deal against the the saber. So, how do you feel about him now getting the spear? I mean, I think it's just it's it's cool because it's all just like um, foreshadowing of what the Beskar steel can do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> When you're falling through the, the skies of your home planet, you know, shit's gonna happen. Shit gets real. Um, yo. Anyway, um yo, that's yo, like Toad is such a loving person, but he comes a whole new person when he plays certain games and he's just like fuck fuck these characters. Yeet. Go ahead, so the, the best guys here. No, it's just it's just it's just foreshadowing. That's all I would say it is. You know, I I, I mean uh, it'll be interesting to see when he actually fights Moff Gideon. I know we're not getting Moff Gideon too much until like seasons three and four, according to Giancarlo Esposito. Um, but he's got the spear, and we're going to see some really cool fighting. 
and I'm here for it. I, I think they're <laughs> I think they're setting him up as the perfect big bad because like he's motivated, he's got the sort like he has everything that people want, and he's just the guy. Like you you're like, you have to get to that guy. How the hell am I gonna get to that guy? And he's just there like Yo, go ahead. He wants all the smoke. He's the equivalent of Cell. He's the equivalent of Cell setting up the entire arena and giving them days to train and go, I'll be here. It's just you, you he, tell me you tell me when you want to get played, catch a spade. He just plays various different versions of Gus Fring in different universes. <laughs> that is all he does. It's Gus Fring as a fucking Sith commander. But are, but are you mad at it though? Absolutely not. That's one of the best TV villains of all time, and I will take it any way, shape, or form. <laughs> How did you, you feel do about no wrong? Cheyenne, weighing on the spear. Honestly, I definitely agree with Tone on this one because of the fact that I saw it as a foreshadowing. And if you're going to a Jedi temple, you're most likely going to run into some form of Jedi, whether it's a Jedi Inquisitor, something in the middle or in between. Because one doesn't just give that to you and then you just don't do anything with it until you see Moth Gideon. Because it's like, okay, you have it, so what the hell are you doing with it for this whole long time frame? So I definitely see it as a foreshadowing event and then him having to use it sooner than later. So obviously it might be used before you have that encounter with Gideon again. Do you see him fighting... Um... Uh, what's her name? Uh, why can't I think of her name? Uh, the chick who wants the dark saber. Ah, uh, Bo-Katan. You Bo-Katan? Know. I, I, so I, so I don't. It's not one of those things where like it'd be a cool fight if that happened. But it's one of those things where like, what if they set it up in a way where, like he's starting to realize like things on both sides because he is, you know, he was raised by these, you know, high acolyte, you know, kind of Mandos and she was raised differently in this and third. And he's seeing her like the path she's taking. And he's just like, I got to put this. I, he's like, I, he's like, I respect her, but I got to put a stop to this. And I see, I, I feel like they're going to bump heads. Like I just, they're going to probably are, bump heads. But I see him taking the dark saber, being the one. I see him being the one taking the dark saber, but see, but I feel like he's going to see her as the uniter of his people, and he's going to give her the dark saber, because he's just shown that he's this honorable character in the series. Like even though it's like you know it is the way, and then he's learning more about his people, mm-hmm. and as we you know get into his past and everything. Like some people speculate this might lead into a whole thing with him being able to take off his helmet or not. Who knows? But I see him like seeing her um, because she doesn't come off as someone who's going to really like they'll butt heads, but their ideals are the same. And her ideals uniting her people regardless, you know, of their faith. And I think he's going to be for that. And like, here, here's the dark saber. Unite our people. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, but I definitely do see some conflict in between those two, especially within that moment when the dark when the dark saber is found, or at least Bo-Katan ends up meeting Moth Gideon, and obviously you're gonna have Mando somehow within this whole. It's gonna be like a little dramatic mix between that between those parties of who's gonna get this basically who's gonna get the sword. Are you gonna give this? Are you gonna use this with good intentions? What is your true intentions? Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, when you're in situations, when you're pressed, when your back is pressed up against the corner, 
and he was questioning her terms when they were going in when they were dealing with the cargo ship when initially when they were when she said we're just going to deal with the cargo and then all of a sudden she says no we're going to go for the ship so he said this was not the conditions why are you changing those conditions so i can honestly see that being one of those a repeat of that moment when they were in the cargo that cargo area trying to get into the front of the ship so i can see that possibly being a thing in the future so do you guys think we're gonna get admiral thrawn anytime this season or next season since his name has been thrown out there we may get like his name and maybe like a glimpse side profile of him kind of thing but like seeing him seeing him not this season no like this was like the them throwing out the name just for us to go like did they really just say that like oh okay you know but i don't i don't see it as a like them gonna do it right now they're they're playing it they're playing the long game and they're doing it like i will give it some they're playing it smart because like think about it this way like when we said uh you know they threw out ahsoka's name and I was like, yo, they're not going to show her for two or three episodes. And two or three episodes later, they show her. You know, like they're not going to rush something like this. Yeah, I agree with Law on this one. I think what will end up happening is you might hear probably his voice. You might have a silhouette, maybe a side profile, but you're not going to get exactly his face. Or you might hear him, like, you know, bark an order or something. But you mm-hmm. wouldn't see something so crucial as who is playing him. What does he look like now from obviously what we saw was Rebels and the animation adaptation versus, you know, live action. So I definitely see season three. Yeah, I think he's too big uh, of a character not to have a big casting for. Like, that's just, you know, like we knew like when we when they were terrible at hiding that uh, Rosario Dawson is going to be a Sokotano. I would say having someone cast as Thrawn, that's going to be big news for season three. Uh, if he comes in, you know, if if they cast him, if they cast uh, Ezra, all these characters, like you know, because they're just like a Thrawn himself is such an iconic character from Legends, uh, from back in the uh, from the '90s when his first set of books came out, and then bringing him into the forefront with um, with Rebels, and then the next uh, new trilogy of books that was created for him. Yeah, he's too big of a deal, and so for like we we're gonna get a big name. That'll be probably be the big casting for next year. Mm-hmm. Well, before we go, because we got two minutes left, I just wanted to ask you guys: Have you seen the fan art of people uh, of people like wishing for Sebastian Stan to be casted as a young Luke Skywalker? I have seen that. I was mind blown. I I'm I saw for glasses yeah. and I said, "Holy, sh- wait a minute!" I had that like I got to put my glasses on. That's to that's going. actually been something that's cir- been circulating like since like early Tumblr because it was one of those things where like they showed a young version. Of him, of uh, of um, Mark, Hamill. Mark Hamill, and then they showed like a, about the same age version of, of uh, Sebastian Stan, and it was like creepy. What? what? Like I? And then it stuck. So like now, I'm guessing they're throwing out more fan art to like kind of push and see if that can can happen. Though, like we said, like it's not going to be something where I feel like they're really going to double down on doing any more uh of the skywalker yeah i think we're yeah. done with the skywalker trilogy it's let them uh, let them rest. i think i think it, let them rest i think there's too much i wouldn't say uh pressure i would say just criticism 
you know, for someone else to play Luke Skywalker, we already had the other dude who played Han Solo. Like, there's just, I think it'll just take away from it. If we want to do more Luke Skywalker stories, we've got books that we can talk about and flesh out what Luke Skywalker did between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens and how he starts up the New Order. Um, I just think it'll, it'll just do him a disservice. People will just do nothing but compare him to Mark Hamill and be like, you know, stick to being Bucky or some bullshit like that. Like, you know, like, if he wants to be in Star Wars, cool. Maybe, you know, um, you know, there's actually a character who I could see him being in Star Wars. Hold up. I'll tell you right now. Uh, I will say if they do use um, Starkiller, I will say that the voice actor um, Sam 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 Whittle, is that his name? Sam, I don't even remember Sam. the voice actor's name. That's that's how long ago it's been. Sam Whitworth. Yeah, man. They, they need the to character. use him. They need to For use him. Like, honestly, like, there's a character, if you look up, uh, and this is in Knights of the Old Republic, if they decided to do that error, which I really want them to do, look up Karth Onassi, and I feel like Sebastian Stan could play him. Okay. So, um, as we're at that hour, Cheyenne, tell us where, tell us, beautiful viewers, where they can find you and what you do. Come on. So, you can find me on my Facebook page, you know, Cheyenne Clardy, or um, since I am one of the co-con chairs for Geek Out in Staten Island, you can easily find us on Instagram, Facebook, and I believe Twitter. Should use Twitter more often. So <laughs> since I am one of the co-con chairs, we are literally in the process of trying to figure out our new game plan for Go See Con 2021. So just stay tuned for those updates right on that page. And we're actually going to be doing a geek trivia on December 19th. So we're actually going to be doing that on, uh, it was on that Saturday, probably because I did, I created the trivias. It's going to be a doozy because I threw just about everything in there. (laughs) Also to guys, quick announcement. So don't forget this Friday, we have a new episode being launched on the YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. You'll get to see Cheyenne and uh, members of the, so, that an island, go see, which will include Naja. Um, we'll get to see Mike and Dave, everybody who's worked with GoSide behind the scenes. They put together a great con this year, both outside and virtually. Um, so you'll get to learn more about them this Friday's episode. Also, too, don't forget to check the podcast, The Art of Storytelling, which our buddy here, Law, aka Tiles by Law, launched. Great interview that he put out there with us. Um, first off, shout out to Yo, what's up, Enrique? Yo, Make yo. sure you go to YouTube, too. We got yo. to cover Enrique. That episode is live on YouTube. Just dropped uh, last Friday, yep. And finally, this Saturday and every Saturday, make sure you're checking out the D&D podcast for the Medusa's Cascade. Um, you can check out awesome. Fan follow us on Twitch. Twitch. Follow me follow on Twitch on and Twitch. follow us on Twitch. Or- well, you guys know, like, subscribe, share with us with your friends, your family. This has been another great coverage of The Mandalorian. My name is Sebastian. My name is Law. And your boy Tone from across the hall. You guys didn't catch me the time. You didn't catch yo, me that shit. yo, no lie. <laughs> I, I said it and I was just like, oh, God. <laughs> and we did it. And good night, guys. We out. Right. Thanks. Thanks.